Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, April 28th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, good to talk to you. We, we've got not a lot of developments, but some, some rumors and some, some rumblings that we're hearing in terms of uh, uh, things getting moving. I, uh, I know we, uh, we got a, a message from sort of a, an inside source who says that the Indians are, are starting to get things in order to, to send people to their... Um, to their facility in Arizona, just in terms of getting things ready out there. So that's a positive sign if that's true, if, uh, if, if the folks who are in charge of getting the facilities up and running in order to, to be ready to welcome the players back, uh, if they're heading out towards Arizona to get things going, that's, that's probably a step in the right direction at least. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, they can open the facility up. It's been closed, you know, at least as far as we know, since March 12th, since they suspended spring training. And, uh, you know, so, and I know there's like some kids, uh, you know, some young minor league kids out there still in the uh, dorm across the street from the facility from Venezuela. They couldn't go home because of the uh, political turmoil there. But, uh, you know, it'd be cool if they could open it up and guys like Simber uh, and Savali. And, uh, you know, th- those guys could get in there and start using the facilities, throwing off the mounds, you know, and just uh, getting into a routine. And I think you're right, Joe. I think it's, it is moving in the right direction. <laughs> just where that right direction is leading to, we still don't know. Right. Uh, and we, we do know that there are a, a handful of, of players on the 40-man roster who are already in Arizona. So if the facility is able to open up and if they are, are able to – to sort of, uh, you know, stagger times and, and keep each other, you know, safe as they, as they do so. Just the, the fact that they might be able to, you know, start stretching those bones and, and getting out there and, and, you know, getting into an actual, you know, baseball routine might be a, a good thing for some of these guys. Uh, we, we've seen over the last couple of days the proposals, uh, the inclusion of uh, the state of Texas uh, as a possibility in, in some sort of plan making it a three-state plan uh, for, for a return. Uh, what, have you, what have you seen, what have you read about, uh, you know, Texas being open to the possibility of, uh, of that happening? Well, I guess John Daniels had a, uh, you know, a conference call with the writers uh, in Texas. He's the uh, GM for the Rangers. And he was asked about that. And 
asked about the you know, you know the proposal about playing games in Texas and Arizona and, and Florida, having you know thirty teams kind of you know divide up against those among those three states. And he said, to a degree, it made a lot a lot of sense. You know, they've done some uh, their due diligence on it. Uh, but he added, you know, like everything else, you know, it's it's one idea and it's one idea that surfaced, but no, you know, you can't even count the ideas that that have not surfaced yet. So. But still, it, it, it makes sense, you know, like we've talked before, Joe, what have they got? Five big league ballparks, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that three-state area. All of them are covered. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, you've got a bunch of minor league facilities, 10 in, in uh, Arizona. So you could, you know, you could conceivably be playing. And, you know, the same in, in, in Florida. I don't know how many minor league facilities there are in Florida now, but, right. you know, there's at least 10. And uh, you could be playing games every day. And uh, you just have to—I uh, don't know—do they keep the American and National League concept? Do do you uh, or do you just uh, you know go with fit, you know the teams that are in Arizona that mm-hmm. have their you know th- those guys play out there and some fifteen teams play in Florida? I guess that's still to be uh, debated and, and decided, but that's one plan to uh, to uh, if, pick around. If you're talking about. You know, you've got five – with a three-state plan, you would have five major league ballparks, but you'd have ten minor league ballparks in Arizona, ten in in Florida available as well. Is is there an inequity if if games are being played in across the board in all those, or would you want to stick to only playing games in a major league park or only playing games in minor league parks to make things, you know, more more balanced and fair for for the teams? Because certainly if you're – if you're hitting balls outside in Arizona minor league parks, the offensive numbers are going to look different than you are if yeah. you're hitting indoors at a, at a Texas major league park. Yeah. I think it just depends how many games they want to get in, you know, mm-hmm. how, how long, what do they feel is uh, a credible season? Uh, what's, you know, do they want to play as many games as possible? And then you rotate and you, it's, you know, it's, Everybody gets their shot at at, uh, at Goodyear Ballpark and hitting balls like 450 feet into the desert, <laughs> and then you go to Chase Field, and uh, you know you're dealing with uh, the air conditioning and everything else inside the ballpark. So with the roof closed, so I you know I don't know, but I I'm sure they would figure that out. Right, and again, like you said, the the disparity in in statistics could be pretty staggering if you if yeah. you think about it. Uh, the way that home runs fly out of the parks in in spring training is kind of ridiculous. Uh, and it's going to be hotter. So right. The ball is going to fly more. Right. All right. Well, uh, this this edition of the uh, the podcast, we decided to do sort of a, a mailbag edition. So we're going to get to uh, your questions that you've submitted through uh, through Indian subtext. Uh, but first, I want to you know just take a second to to let the folks know about subtext. It's our uh, direct way to talk to you and have exchanges with the the fans who follow our stuff here on on cleveland.com uh, it's it's actually a, a really neat concept we've been doing it for a little more than a year now I, I believe you've been you've been interacting with fans and uh, it's just a, a great way to get in touch and, and keep updated with the the behind the scenes sort of stuff that that Hoinsey and I uh, have access to uh, via text message and text conversation uh, you know, Paul, what are some of the things that you, you post in there on a, on a daily basis? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, when, when we, when we found out uh, last week that uh, the, the 
the um, you know the executives teams executives were getting you know taking a pay cut so they could pay you know the rest of the full time employees in Cleve with the Indians could get paid through uh, through uh, 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 June you know the uh, the text guys you know the sub the, the subtexters you know they got that first mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's kind of the tip of the spear if you know we we try to you guys are are paying for that and we want to give you the the freshest content we can give you and uh you know and and give you the 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 most breaking news we can give you so you know uh it's not going to be in depth you know you're gonna you're gonna have to it's only you know it's like a tweet an extended tweet you get 140 characters or something and uh but it, it it will give you you know the the gist of what's going on and then you know you Hopefully you go to cleveland.com and, and read, you know, read in depth on it. It's uh, a subscription service, $3.99 a month uh, for that. You sign up online, cleveland.com slash subtext, or send a message to uh, 216-208-4346 is the number to register for Indians subtext on cleveland.com. Uh, Hoinsey and myself contributing on a daily basis. And uh, it's just a, a great way to, to stay up on, on Indians news. Um, and again, it's a, a way to get exclusive access uh, to having your questions answered here on the podcast. Uh, and, and we can jump into uh, a handful of those here first. So uh, why, don't you, why don't you lead us off uh, with, with what you've got there, Paul, and, and we'll try to get to as many as we can here in the, uh, in the next, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Um, I, uh, after your interview with, with health officials, do you really think that we will have to go over a year without fans in the stands? Uh, that's from Tom from Mount Vernon. And, you know, Tom, I, I do. I do think that's, that's going to be, you know, the, the nature of the beast, so to speak. If, if and when games start, uh, I think they're going to be played in empty ballparks. I think uh, as long as the virus is, is out there and there's no uh, vaccine, there's really no way of stopping it from, you know, from jumping, for, you know, just from spreading. It's so, you know, it's so adaptable and, and, and <laughs> to, to jumping from one person to another. It, I, I just don't see games being played in front of huge crowds. Now, maybe there's a, a program or a metric that they can figure out, you know, in, in, a, in a big league ballpark that sits 40,000, how many they can – how many fans they can let in and how far apart their social distance has to be where they can safely uh, gather and watch a game. And then, you know, how, how they exit and, you know, enter and exit a ballpark too. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, I would say if I was a betting man, I would say if there's games played this year, you're going to watch them on TV and that's going to be it. And, uh, you know, that that also brings up a point is not just, you know, when can they have these games and how, what, uh, how many people can they fit in the parks for, for game? Are you expecting crowds of 35,000 at, at Progressive Field? But how many people will actually want to turn out for those games when, when yeah. they, when they are able to, uh, that's, that's the big question. And, you know, baseball has been through these cycles before, you know, but never for a reason like this. You know, the the last time baseball had a, a tough time drawing crowds to the ballpark was after the 90, 94 strike. You know, it took three, four years for people to start coming back regularly. It took Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa to, to give them a reason to come back. Uh, 
it, this is totally different. This is a this is something we've never seen before. Uh, this isn't anything, you know, like the, the fans want to be in the stands. The fans want to be there. It's just that they can't be there and they shouldn't want to be there until they know that they're, they're safe. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be different. Yeah, definitely. That's a great point, Joe. I mean, you know, you're talking about your health. I mean, people are going to be probably scared to get out of their house, no matter what public officials say, you know, six, eight, ten months down the road from here. Uh, right. How do you get them to the ballpark? You know, so that's that's a great point. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not like they're taking the rapid there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I certainly don't want to. All right. I've, I've, I've got one here uh, from uh, – from Spencer in Canton, he says, "Hey guys, uh, any thought on the roster size for a shortened season? Uh, we've talked about it some, and we're, he's he's sure that Tito would want twenty pitchers on the roster. Uh, so, you know, what what are the options there, and and what do you what do you think the the most likely scenario would be with a, an expanded roster? Well, the the rosters are going as twenty six men." you know, anyways, even if this was a normal season, which, you know, was one, you know, plus one right. over, you know, the traditional 25 man roster. And I think and, part of, I think part of the plan there was when they hit September, when the rosters normally expand to 40 uh, during the season, that they're going to have a 28 man roster and that you would have like guys, like eligible guys every night, like, uh, like the NBA does it with, uh, you know, these guys are active and inactive, right? Yeah, well, I think, you know, Joe, I thought it was that way, but I think it's pretty much you get to call up, you know, tw you know, you get to add like two guys and a catcher. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think there's like a, a – you, you don't have like a floating roster. You know what I'm saying? Huh. You don't have like 40 guys at the ballpark. You you have – you know, and I guess you can still make moves, but uh, it's, it's – you can only have 28 guys in the dugout at the at, at one time. Okay. And – and, uh, you and, know, only, I think, and only 26 of them will be eligible. No, 28 would be eligible. 28 20, would be eligible. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, in the, as for, for uh, you know, kind of a precedent, as a precedent's sake, uh, in 95 when they started the season, you know, after the strike and they, they missed, they only played 144 games, mm -hmm. they started with three extra guys. So they, they were really opening with 28 guys. And then I think, you know, a month into that season, they were able to, you know, dr they, they dropped those three guys and it went back to 25. But I'm thinking, you know, you, you're going to have, I think, you're, you're probably going to have to, uh, it depends how long spring training is, spring training two. Mm -hmm. But I think you would have to, don't you think you'd have to carry at least 30 players? I think maybe maybe a couple more than that. I mean, you'd want at least three catchers. You would want, you know, a couple of long guys each because your, your starters aren't going to be going. I mean, five innings is going to be impressive for a starter right off the bat. Uh, I, I don't know. You, you might all almost want to do like that piggybacking, uh, you know, system. And that that's going to lend itself real nicely to the Indians having, you know, six, eight guys who are, are able to start games for them, um, you know, right off the bat. Uh, so yeah, I, the more of those, I, that that's the thing. If the rosters expand with the India, would would Tito want to carry twenty pitchers? He might actually want to carry you know six to eight starters, as opposed yeah. to more relief guys. That's a great point because you could double up the starters. You know, in in in, in sort of like an opening, uh, an, a modified opener scenario. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. Because you're gonna have 
you got six guys anyways, right? Right. You know, counting Rodriguez and Plutko and, uh, you know, Plesak and, and Savali. And, you know, if, if Clev is okay and, and Bieber, you're going to, you're going to have, so you can pick, you could piggyback like the two, you know, one starter after another, like they right. do in the early days of spring training. That's a good point. And, and if you can get young guys to buy into something, you know, radical, like, could you imagine having uh, an, an Aaron Savali start off a game and, you know, if he's going good, go three, four innings and then bring in a, an Adam Plutko after that and have Plutko go five innings after that. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you can get the guys to buy into a radical concept like that, it could be really effective. And this is going to be a radical season one way or the other, Joe, if it gets going. So I think they'd, uh, they'd all be ready to, to uh, you know, uh, come down on that, that, par- that side of the party line. Definitely. Right, right. What else have we got? I got one from uh, Frank from New York City. When will we see expansion more globally in Major League Baseball? Ooh. <laughs> I think Frank is getting the cart in front of the horse. Francona has accused me of doing many times. <laughs> let's, let's, that is one of Tito's favorite phrases to throw at you, isn't it? Let's, let's, uh, let's, get, let's get over this thing right now first, and then we'll talk about global expansion for, for, for a baseball. Okay, let, let's put aside coronavirus. Let's put aside the, the pandemic and all that. Let's say it's 2023, 24, 25, something like that. Uh, Baseball has already reached out and, and, and broadened its sort of games abroad situation. They're, they're playing regularly now in Mexico. There was supposed to be a Puerto Rico series uh, again this year, right? The, the Indians right. were the last ones to play that. Uh, they were scheduled for games in London uh, again. Uh, you know, is, is London a place that we could see an expansion franchise? Would, would that be... Uh, something that you know, an, an AL East team could be the. Uh, and, and what would we call a London, a London expansion? For, uh, the uh, the London Beef Eaters. What are we? What are we calling yeah, these guys? No, that's a, that's yeah, that's great. And then you know, I think what about Montreal? Their uniforms would be awesome. Yeah. What about a city like Montreal? Do they get a team back? Oh hell yeah! yeah. I'd play in Montreal. That'd be yeah. That's a great city. And we should yeah. make Tito go back and manage in the uh, in the old ballpark. That he would we'll love that a new ballpark though. But uh, I guess what what Tampa Bay was what Tampa Bay and uh, or St. Petersburg and, and Montreal going to share the Rays, We're right? Share the Rays. Yeah, I, 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 I think of, the Rays have saved themselves from that by by becoming at least a a viable contender in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the interesting thing is, you know, Joe, that I'm thinking about is how do these teams come out uh, the other end of this? You know, financially, are mm-hmm. you know in in 2021 are are we going to be talking about expansion, or are these teams just going to be trying to well, you know get back on their feet financially and recoup the losses that they've suffered this year? Well, if if you know some of these smaller market teams do suffer and do. Uh, you know, have a have an issue. Are we talking less about expansion and more about relocation? Maybe, you know, could could we see a team move from a city because of you know financial situation and, and move to Montreal or, or you know a, a better or Las Vegas? I mean, hell, the 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 NFL is in Las Vegas now. You might as well put a baseball team in there. Yeah, Oakland's got their Triple A team there, so uh, you know that apparently that stadium is real nice. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, it could it could happen because you know Manfred doesn't care about gambling anymore. So I guess you there's no restrictions that way. Yeah, I don't think I don't think any of the uh, the major sports leagues commissioners have have any qualms about being in Las Vegas or, or any any issues with gambling. They're all doing the the DraftKings and the the you know sponsorships by those those websites, and that's essentially gambling right there. So uh, yeah, could be quite interesting uh yeah. to, to see if 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 on the other side of this because of financial concerns you see teams in the smaller markets moving around i i don't know that's and, and we're you're getting a, a new owner in in kansas city so I, I don't know if he's or you've got a new owner in kansas city I don't, yeah. he's he's probably not taking them anywhere so no, and he's he's local too yeah so he's, a, he's I, a kansas city John guy. Sherman's not moving to royals and uh, the, the royals are making money they're not they're not hurting but who knows what happens? The thing with baseball is pretty stable. I mean, the the the, uh, the Expos were the last team to move, I believe, if I'm right, and I, I you know, and they ended up uh, Washington. in Washington D.C. So, you know, they they don't move around like the Oakland Raiders or the what are they? They're the Las Vegas Raiders. Now. Las Vegas, Oakland, Los Angeles. Yeah, they're they've yeah. they've had quite a few homes. So. Which I, I, it's safer just to call them the Raiders. It's safer just yeah. to call them the Chargers because it, yeah, if, the Chargers just to, moved too. Yeah, if you have to think about it, you're going to get it wrong. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, we've got one here from William in Madison, Wisconsin. He uh, he writes in to ask, "What do you guys expect out of Framil Reyes this year?" Uh, in, in terms of he's he's had a uh, he had an outstanding spring in the in the first couple of weeks there. The, the power numbers really jump off the page. Uh, can he do this consistently for, for the entire season? And, you know, yeah. I, what do you think, yeah. Joe? Well, uh, I think he already has. I think he put up 37 home runs last year just because it was spread over the, you know, between the two teams. Uh, you, you look at his numbers, his total numbers from, from last season, and that's the kind of production that the Indians have been sorely lacking in that, uh, that four spot, well, we, we, you had Edwin Encarnacion, uh, but you know this is they need a, a guy who's going to hit 30, 35 home runs in a year, and that's that's Framo Reyes. Yeah, and the thing I like about him is young. He's going to get better, and they got control over him. Uh, you know, this is the one thing that really hurts you if you don't play this year. You lose a whole year of control over him, but you still got him for at least four more years. Right. And if you know the and this and Baseball Reference is simulating. The season he's already hit eleven home runs, right? So, you know, right. we're going into May. You know, so we're still wow. at the end of into April. So you know, that's encouraging, I guess. I don't know, but and and just prepare yourselves, Indians fans, that you you've got them for at least four more years after this. But those you know last two years of that of that deal there are going to be pretty expensive if he continues to put up these numbers and stays healthy. Yeah, I just, you know, you just, they need that. They needed a middle-of-the-order hitter, and, you know, he, he screams that. Now, he's not going to be, I don't think he's ever going to hit for a high average, you know, and he's going to and he's going to strike out a lot. But uh, I think there's room for improvement, and he's got power to spare. So he's he's an exciting player. Yeah, and he's a, he's a fun guy. He's a fun guy to interview. We, that, that's the thing, it's like, if if they're not able, they weren't able to, or or find a a place for to bring back a Yasiel Puig, who was a great interview in the locker room, was a great guy to, to to be around and talk to. Uh, but you know, Framil Reyes, he he will always answer your questions. He's he's one he's 
you know, very good speaking English and uh, there's, there's no language, you know, barrier right there. Uh, he's, he's, I, I look forward to, to interacting with him because you never know what his response is going to be to, to some of those questions. I just remember that home run that he hit against Kansas City that, that tied the game, forced extra innings last year. And he looked at us and he said it was the, the most exciting moment of my entire life. And we're like, really? <laughs> really? That was the most exciting moment? <laughs> he's he's he he doesn't he doesn't hold back for uh you know for for the theatrics or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he's a good dude. And hey, you mentioned something about uh before we came on here, you mentioned something about Yasiel Puig just uh, as as an aside. Uh what's it look like uh there's there might be a possibility of of him signing somewhere, you know. Yeah, if, there was a story written that it sounds like uh, the writer was saying that it, they've got that Puig has got to deal with the Giants. Uh, but they're not going to announce it until they have a really a better grasp on whether there's going to be a season or not. But a one-year deal, and uh, you know, it's always good to have Puig back in the game. I, I, <laughs> I he, you know, he's a character. He was fun to cover. I don't know if he, obviously he wasn't a lot of fun to manage. I, I don't right. think, I think uh, he may, uh, you know, and he was on his best behavior here. You know, we saw him every day, Joe, and I thought he you know, behaved himself. I didn't, you know, the, the one thing he did when he didn't run into Minnesota and, and we don't see behind the scenes as much, but obviously, you know, the Indians were a one and done with him. And, uh, but when he's, when he's in the game, it's fun. He's fun to watch. He's fun to talk to. And uh, he's got a lot of talent and uh, I hope, uh, you know, he can bounce back and have, you know, finish his career in style. Interesting that that the Giants would be the team. Obviously, Puig so many years with the uh, the Dodgers and that rivalry. They pretty much hate each other. Uh, and you've got is it is it Kapler is the the manager yeah. now out there? Yeah, you've got Gabe Kapler, a former Dodgers assistant, or you know in in the in the front office there with the Dodgers. He's now the manager, and you you might have Yasiel Puig on the bench. Boy, anytime the two of those teams you know play each other, it's it, <laughs> it's always interesting. Uh, yeah. Wow, I, I, I bet you Kapler was probably behind the decision to to bring Puig in after watching him fight uh, fight Pittsburgh so many times last year. Uh, he, he says if, if things are going to get get started up between us and the uh, the Dodgers, might as well have somebody who can fight on the bench. And, and yeah, that's, that's what, what what did Tito say when they got him? He goes, "I don't, you know." <laughs> He, I don't think Tito's a big fan of fighting, but he but he goes uh, if he's going in there, I'm following him. <laughs> wherever <laughs> wherever he goes, I'm I'm right behind him. That's he. You don't have to worry. I mean, you remember the the picture of, of Puig taking on the entire uh, Pittsburgh roster. It, it seemed like in that that one fight where uh, where Derek Dietrich got thrown at a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. He's a big dude, man. He looks like he should be playing in, in the NFL, not baseball. Well, I, I remember I did a, a story right around – it was sometime in August, right around when, uh, when football teams were going back and, and getting into their training camps and whatnot, and I was asking the Indians players who had played football or, or were noted to have played football in their, in their biographies, and I said, you know, who would you most like to hit or least like to tackle uh, in, in the clubhouse? And to a man, every one of them looked at and they said, you know, if, if Yasiel Puig has the ball, I'm getting the hell out of his way. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's, uh, a, he's big, man. Yeah, he's, he's big and he's quick. So yeah. that, was, that was, you know, and none of them said that they, uh, they would shy away from trying to tackle Shane Bieber. So I, <laughs> I, this, I think the story goes that Shane Bieber actually broke his wrist playing football 
early in his high school career and said, that's it, I'm walking away. And, you know, went from being a quarterback to being a pitcher. And I don't know. I, we'll we'll see if that move, right we'll see if that move ever pays off for him. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else do we have? Okay. I got one from uh, AZ Cardman from uh, Gilbert, Arizona. Our favorite guy out in the desert. Yeah. He goes, doesn't it seem odd that the Taj Mahal and the pyramids in Egypt were built faster than it has taken the Indians to develop a logo, logo slash mascot to replace Chief Wahoo? Are there any updates on that front? Uh, I, there aren't any updates, but I think the logo that they have is the one that they're going to ride with. I mean, the the Block C, for as much grief as people like to give it, uh, it's it's the, the the logo that's adorning pretty much every place in the park right now. It's going to take a while to change that. I, I don't think they would. Yeah, uh, don't you? It's, it's on the wrought iron gates in the park. That yeah. They're not changing that. Yeah, I think um... – you know they're going to go. Whatever happens this year, they 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 have already said they're you know they're, there's not going to be a shoulder patch. I just think Joe, it's, it seems to me, you know, as controversial as Chief Wahoo was, it was iconic. You saw it and you thought of the Cleveland Indians. And I think if they're going to come up with another logo like that, with kind of that staying power, you know, you just don't bang it out in in a, in a week or two weeks. You know, I think it it takes some thought. And you know, I would think. You know, I, who knows? It might even involve, you know, a name change for the team. Right. If, if you're really going to you, you do this and, and you, and you want to make, you know, a, a big, big impact, you know, that might be, you know, that, that might be why they're holding off and they want to make sure all their ducks in a, are in a row. Now, Paul Dolan has said he wouldn't change the name of the team, but, you know, I, you're just not going to have – and I don't think – the the if there is a new arm patch or a new logo, it's not going to be Native American related. I, I don't yeah. I don't know if they can do that. Yeah, I, you you definitely can't. It, it, you can't put like a single feather or, or anything like yeah. that. That, it, that those ideas have been thrown out there. But you would get the same kind of reaction that you've gotten, you know, all along. Anyway, so why bother? Uh, it, I, I I for a long time I thought. Boy, back in 2016, if things had gone the right way and they had won a World Series, I would have. I thought 2017 would have been the perfect time to change the name. Yeah, you know, win a, win a title in 2016, drop the mic, walk off, change the name in the off season. Yeah, uh, I, I I do like the the modifications, the changes that they made to the uniform. I think the red jerseys are super popular and they look really great. Uh, the alternate home jerseys, uh, I I think. You know, little modifications and little tweaks here and there are 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 nice and helpful, but you're not going to get anything significant, like you said, uh, until you know they come along with some sort of of shift away from uh, the Indians and the Native American sort of theme. Yeah, uh, but as far as as far as the logo goes, the the block C is what it's going to be for yeah, a while. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right, and I don't know. I mean. You, can you put a guitar on there? You know that's kind oh, of oh god, that's beat to death. You know, you, we've we've seen that they did it for the All Star Game. Can you put the Terminal Tower on there? I don't know. You know, yeah. but is it something iconic with with Cleveland? The rock a caricature you know? of Pete Townsend smashing a guitar on a spider. <laughs> That'd be great. Wouldn't that be that? That's like the perfect logo. <laughs> I, hey, I'd just draw that up and send it into yeah, the. Yeah, draw that up. Yeah, <laughs> copyright it. <laughs> Okay, it's my idea. I'm putting it out there right now. Pete Townsend smashing a spider with a guitar. 
but I'm not. Wow. A, if they change the name, I do not like Spiders. I, the, 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 the worst team in Cleveland Indians history, right? Or Cleveland okay, history. So we go back to Broncos. What do we do? Uh, yeah, I don't Naps. like the Broncos. I don't like the, you know, I can see the Lajaway, the Naps. Oh, but, uh, man. The Blue, nah. the Four Cities. I don't know, man. Oh, God. The Blues? Yeah. <laughs> we're a town with. We're already a town that has the Browns, and they don't even have a logo. That's right. I, That's right. Oh my God! They can, I, but uh, yeah, you know, it might, it might. That, that would, that would be an historic change. That would be a huge. What, what? They've been the Indians since when? Two thousand fifteen. I mean, nineteen fifteen, maybe. Nineteen fifteen, around then. Yeah, something. Yeah. Like that. We have to have Jeremy Fedor back on uh, yeah. uh, on the podcast to to talk about. I'll, you want to get somebody fired up? I, I I guarantee you, if you start talking like this with uh, with Jeremy Fedor, he would be the Indians historian. We had him on an earlier podcast. Uh, we could we could definitely go round and round with Jeremy on that one. Heck, we just had the uh, the anniversary of you talking about uh, shoulder patches. And we just had the the anniversary of the Indians being the first team in baseball to wear uh, numbers on their jerseys. Right. Yeah. Right. That's uh, another, you know, that and the stoplight, the the, the true Cleveland revolutionary changes here in, <laughs> in town. Uh, yeah, I could I could literally debate this all day long because I'm I'm very much into the uh, the gear and the logos and the uniforms and, and things like that. But uh, as far as it goes in terms of changes in the immediate future, I don't see them going away from the Block C. And I don't understand why people don't like the Block C, why they have such such passionate hatred for the the block yeah. C. Uh, to I me, the it's just a hangover from uh, you know Wahoo. Yeah. Wahoo. Uh, to me, the the block C with like a, a white outline, sort of like the the cap that Bill Clinton was wearing when he threw out the first pitch in '94. That cap to me is classic. I think it's it's perfect. I think they should wear that. It looks better than the the current block C, but. What are you gonna do? I I'm I'm not in charge of uniforms. I, if if that if it were up to me, the Browns would be wearing gray pants. But that's <laughs> that's another. Uh, I think. Uh, oh, I did get an email. Uh, we got uh, the the sports department here in Cleveland.com got an email about the NFL draft and some of the details coming out about the NFL draft next year here in Cleveland. And noticeably absent from the that press release or any sort of heading. Uh, with a guitar logo, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that the NFL draft in 2021 doesn't include a logo that has a guitar theme, because that seems to be the only kind of logo that we get here in Cleveland uh, in the last, you know, 30 years. So uh, we'll 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 be all right. Even even a pyramid look like the the Rock Hall, if you want to do that, way better than uh, another guitar. Yeah, people are just gonna roll their eyes, but. All right. Do we have any more? Or are we all wrapped up in terms of the? Uh... Let's see. I got. I think I got another one here. Uh, okay. Um, college football teams sometimes pipe in loud crowd noises in preparation for a big game. I love I wonder, where this is going. Yeah, I wonder if games are played without fan fan noise. Would 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 they would they pump in uh, sound over the sound system? you know, for, to create a more realistic environment during the games. This is from uh, Dave Quickle from Dunwoody, Georgia. I, it's, it's a good idea. I, I, I don't doubt that they've probably considered it. Uh, here, here's a question, I, just to piggyback off of that. 
would they have an organist or an in-house like uh, like DJ to, to to play anything on the video boards or anything like that uh, for any of these games because it's, it's not a fan experience anymore. There's there's no crowd, so why you know why do the big video productions and and all the things that you know could players play without walk-off music? I, I could they pl- could they play without walk up music? I would hope so. I don't know. Through the that's a drastic uh, step, isn't it? Oh, tell me the uh, the players union would argue that they have to have walk up music. That would be hilarious. But, you know, Joe, in 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 I think in uh, uh, either in Taiwan or uh, or Korea, they've got like uh, you know statues of fans, like blow up fans in the stands to make it seem like the fans are there. Either in either one of those parks for their games. Wow. And, and do you remember, I think, when the Indians were getting ready uh, to play uh, Houston in the ALDS? In, what was that, 2018? Mm-hmm. 2018, yeah. And they, yeah, played the, they played the simulated game at home, and they had the yeah. crowd noise. Yeah, and they had crowd noise. So I think they would, you know, they would – the Indians would be all in for that. I Wasn't think. that also the game that – or the, the, the simulated game that Chernoff and uh, Antonetti suited yeah. up and, and went out into the outfield? Yeah, they were playing. We were in catcher's mask. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, that I remember that. Yeah, I remember sitting there watching. I remember trying to keep score for that game. Yeah, right, right. Somebody because there was play. no, there were no details. We were just. Yeah. It's like three o'clock, and and we're moving through that, and and trying to keep score and keep track of who was hitting what. Right. So you know, I think there's ways to do that. Yeah, I think they. You know, if they're playing in empty ballparks, there's going to be a lot of enhancements, you know. From... Cardboard cutouts, like yeah. uh, like yeah, in the Naked right. Gun movies. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that was a, a, a great sort of trip through the, uh, the mailbag. Uh, you guys have some great questions. Keep those coming. Uh, th- this week, we plan on having a couple more special guests. Uh, Wednesday, we're scheduled to talk to Adam Plutko. Uh, Thursday, we're scheduled to talk to Nick Wickren. Uh, so it should be interesting to, to have those guys on and, and just get an update. Uh, Plicko, I'm, I'm hoping we catch him before he goes for his workouts because uh, his, his wife is a, a trainer. And I guess this entire time that they've been quarantined, she's been really busting his rear end, uh, keeping him in shape and keeping him updated. <laughs> That's good. Yep. That's good motivation. Well, there certainly is that. All right, Hoinsey, we will uh, catch you tomorrow uh, uh, with our special guest, Adam Plutko, on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Thanks, Joe.